Welcome, children. Have you ever been to the zoo and wanted to pet the, the, pet the animals and thought what a lovely day out it would be for you to do it too with your mother and your father? Well, today, children, I bring you the Petting Zoo by Peter Deliverell. At first, Johnson thought it was a joke. Spent speeding down the country road, down the cold sign was a blur. But that was just one word slowing down. He slung the lactose into the pavement shoulder. In the rearview mirror, he could see it clearly. The sign was tackled to stick, or was stuck in the ground just before the paved shoulder. Shivering the painful car to reverse, Johnson jammed the accelerator down. The tires squealed and loose gravel that flew as he tore back up the road, screeching to a halt. Johnson stared at the faded handwriting. Emworth's famous spider petting zoo, five miles nearest ex Arte. Spiders fascinated Johnson. One summer, when he was eight, a large gold and black spider had taken up residence underneath the shingles by the back door. Every morning, Johnson would gather up ants in a jar from a nest in the scrubby woods behind his house. One by one, he would drop the wrinkling insects into the web. With lightning speed, the spider would spring from her hidden places and race towards her victim, sinking her fangs into the ant. She would retreat, waiting for the poison to take effect. When the ant slowly stopped struggling, she would climb back down and liberally wrap her prey into a white shroud. This continued until one day his mother caught him. What a cruel little boy you are, she scolded between clenched teeth as she pummeled his backside. He f still felt the shame of being spanked. Years later, in a rare moment of remorse, Johnson wondered what it was like to be an ant. It was like for the ant, trapped, helpless, waiting for a spider to return. Did they know? Did they know fear or horror? Or was there something only humans experienced? The insect's brain was too small, he told himself. Or so he hoped. Five miles, thought Johnson. This side trip might only only add yet another half and a half an hour or so to his journey. He'd still have time, once he got to the hotel, to have a shower. A dinner, dinner meeting for, with the buyer from the supermarket chain wasn't until six o'clock. It was only four now. Coasting forward, Johnson scanned the road, looking for the tunnel. But one hundred yards ahead, he saw a lane that intersected with the high, highway. Flicking on his turn signal, he shot a quick glance as he watched. If I don't find it in 15 minutes, he promised himself, I'll turn back. Acceleration smoothly, he, he turned into a well-paved secretary road with deep ditches on either side. Punching the buttons of the CD player, he stretched his arms, settling back into a soft leather seat as a fubbing of Queen Field Lexus, his moon lightened, an expected adventure in the otherwise boring day. Johnson hated his job, endless meetings of bad food and boarding buyers.
Too many drinks and too many hangovers. You're packing on the pounds too. I've got to get back to the gym, he reminded himself. The only redeeming feature of his job, but he was good at it. Top sales rep for the last part three years. I should have been an actor, he told himself. Instead, I'm selling toilet paper and tam-toms to these turkeys. As the needle on the speedometer crept higher and higher, it neatly crept. Fields and freshly painted houses became a blur. Mile after mile slipped by. Johnson felt he had, he and a car become one, soaking, sowing along like a hawk at the summer breeze. But his moon soon soured. Condition of the road deteriorated. Asphalt gave way to chip sill, which gave way to gravel, and finally ended up at dirt. Johnson jumped on the brakes when a huge pothole emerged in the centre of the road. Cursing with a delay, he checked his watch again. It was almost five. The long drive down the country rain had dulled his sense of time. I'd better turn around, he cautioned himself. As he studied the road ahead, looking for a safe place to make a U-turn, he saw it, an old farmhouse set back in the, from the road. It hadn't been for a pothole. He had missed it completely. By the mailbox, a, a painted sign read, Edward's famous petting zoo are open year-round. All visitors welcome. This must be the place, he concluded. Carefully turning up the heavily rutted lane, Johnson wondered what he would find. Perhaps one of the locals playing a joke on the toys, he mused. Tall grass slapped at the bottom of the car. A rusted barbed wire clung to the rotten posts that ran alongside the lane. In an untilled field, shrubby branches had sprung up <coughs> <the> mushrooms. Johnson <coughs> tried to imagine what the farm looked like in the better days, but it was impossible. When he reached the bottom of the hill, the farmhouse looked even more distinctive. Blasted paint hung from the wooden shingles. There was a stony stag in the middle of the roof. What? Once had been the side garden, had been now occupied with tools, thistles, and a mess of mangled timbers, indicating the former site of the main barn. Except for the glass still intact in the windows, the house looked abandoned. Where is everybody? thought Johnson. In response to his question, an old woman dressed in a black shirt and a woolen jumper, sweater, stepped out of the side door. She was gnarled and withered like an old apple tree. I stood in the yard. Johnson guessed he might be at least seventy, maybe even eighty years old. But you aren't, she spat. Turning off the CD and rolling down the car window, he replied, Is this the petting zoo? Boss, that's what the sign says. Ignoring her rudeness, Johnson continued, Are you open? You get jig. You get used out chopping wood. He watched as she shuffled again down, she, as she shuffled down a pile, dirt pile, <coughs> disappeared around the corner of the house. Charming, thought Johnson. Opening the car door, he stepped out. Despite the poverty, the, f the farm had certain rustic appeal, which reminded him of the house that he grew up in the country. But there was no, that was, that, but there was something, there was something odd, something missing. Where are the flies, thought Johnson. 
On most farms, the low buzz of black flight swarms were constant, but it was none except for the moaning in the wind. It was quiet. Perhaps it was a lack of animals, he thought, or maybe it was a swift breeze at the top of the hill which kept them at bay. Dancing as he watched, he frowned. It was five o'clock. He did not know not if he did not get back to the road soon, he'd be late for his appointment. Either that or he'd skip his shower. After driving all day, Johnson did not want to skip that snooping route for short. Taking one look round, he reached the handle of the car door. Just when the old woman then the old woman reappeared and behind her, an even more wizened up old <coughs> man wearing faded blue overalls and a nicotine stained undershirt. Stopping at the corner of the house, the old man spat out a long chew, jet of chewing tobacco on the ground, wiping his floor with the back of his hand. Wiping his mouth with the back of his hand, he paused momentarily to study Johnson. Speaking to the old woman, he said in a low tone, Thought I heard a car coming up. Wants to see a spiders, she said before she turned away and went back to the farmhouse, letting the screen door slam behind her. You want to see my spiders, young fella? Sure, if you're open. How much? Looking over at Alexis, he scratched his ruddy face and said, Fifty bucks. Fifty? That's ridiculous. Shrugging his shoulders, the old man said, Take it or leave it. I've got to go. I've got work to do. Then he spat out yet out another long jet of tobacco, chewing tobacco and turned to go. I could not leave it now. I was coming all this way, thought Johnson, turning another, taking another quick glance at his watch, and he said irritably, All right, all right, but it's better be good. The old man smirked and licked his lips as Johnson wiped out a crisp fifty-dollar bill from his wallet. Johnson did not take like the old man's greedy look and hastily shoved his wallet back into his pants pocket. Thanks, said the old man sarcastically, snatching the bill from Johnson's hand, looking at it, very, at it over carefully. He folded it up neatly, stuck it into his hand, and said, "Follow me." The old man led Johnson down an overgrown path to a shed at the bottom of the farmhouses. Inside the dim glow of the fluorescent tubes highlighted a dozen plywood shelves that ran along the walls. In its contrast to the rest of the farm, the shed was neat, almost antiseptic in appearance. Sitting on each shelf was a glass, tantrum filled with twigs and rocks in a close cabinet. In the cabinet, in the case closest to Johnson, a small garden spider was spinning a web on the floor or corner. Of the that's an that's an orb spider," said an old man. "I know," said Johnson, annoyed by the introduction. "You know, you know spiders a bit," replied Johnson. "I used to study them when I was a kid. I bet you know. I bet you know the type that you like." I'd like to feed them, huh? catch bugs, drop them, see what happens, fun in it. Suddenly Johnson was uncomfortable. How did he guess my secret? He wondered. Johnson felt the warm rush of blood in his neck and ears as he started to blush. No, no, no need to be ashamed, young fella. All kids do it. It's natural. Taking, trying to change the subject, Johnson said, You've been at this 
long keeping spiders? Yeah. I've been here a while. Most folks are scared of spiders. Not me. Me and spiders get along real good. Johnson turned back to watch the large black spider in another case sucking up to the half-digested slurry of his latest victim. Trying to be polite, Johnson asked. Bet you don't get many businesses here, being so far off from the highway. Don't need them, said Johnson, said the old man. This is just a sideline. Pausing for, pausing for an effect, he added, upgrade them. Johnson looked, looked puzzled. For the college, for the college, for the college, explained the old, explained the old man. They use them for research. Does it pay well? Good enough. Uh, they don't, they don't know squat about spiders, said the old man, spitting it on the floor. Johnson looked down and saw a streak of sticky black tobacco had splashed on his shoes. I've been doing my research of my own. Said the, old, said the old man proudly. Spiders are just like any other critter. Cows, horses, dogs. You're the same. Breed the best with the best. You get the best. All the, the old man's voice trailed as he started to laugh. It was something about his tone that made Johnson uneasy. You want to see my prize winner? Johnson looked around. Oh, she ain't here. I'll keep her in the barn. She kind of makes those critters nervous, I can't see. I blames her. Want to see her? The way the old man said it, the, sounded, the question sounded more like a challenge. Johnson hesitated. He waited to say no. He wanted to say no, but he could not let out the, let the old, woman, old man see he was afraid. Sure, answered Johnson. What could it be? He asked himself. A tarantula? With the old man in front, they went a little down a lesser used path to a small barn behind, behind a stand of trees that made it invisible for the old from the farmhouse. Its shiny new lock on the rusted harps yielded to the old man's key. I don't like me like kids missing my stuff. The ancient wooden door swung open. Inside was a pitch black. Johnson hesitated. What was, what was it, what 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 was it that made him apprehensive? His mouth felt dry. He tried to sw swallow. Go on in, taunted the old man as he shoved Johnson through the door. Stumbling on the raised steel, Johnson fell on one knee. Ripping his pants. Damn it. He cursed. There's a light switch ahead of you. The old man reassured him. Just pull the string. A stench of baloney hay made Johnson gag. Where is the spider? He called out. She's in the back. You can't miss her. Where's the light? Right in front of you. Can't you see it? What, what the old man? Johnson reflected at his hand. At first he could not feel anything. Then slowly groping his, uh, groping the air, the air in, he caught hold of it. Johnson heard, 
felt heart felt of relief. There was something strange. The line didn't feel like strain. It was sticky like a... Pulling the line, Johnson knew he'd made a mistake. Something rustled in the rafters above him, and bits of straw floated down. Johnson bolted for the opening. Enjoy yourself, cracked the old man as he slammed the door and locked it. Let me out, let me out, shouted Johnson, pounding no. the door. Let me out, you old bastard. No. But it was too, there was no use. The old dried out no. wooden door was like iron, pausing to catch his breath, his heart, his fists throbbing. Johnson looked around, slowly his eyes grew accustomed to the dark. What appeared to be a black chasm was, in fact, the side entrance to the barn. It was just a, no. it was just there was must be another way out. He thought he thought, but no. where? In the gloom he could see that beyond the entryway there was a large open space, and beyond that a boarded up window through the thin shafts of sunlight streamed. Great I have to do is cross the barn, pull off one of those balls and climb out, thought Johnson. Then I shot the old man, fifty bucks I wish. I never stopped. Then he heard another rustle overhead and saw more straw floated down. Who is it? Where are they? He, he, called, he called out. I bet it's that old man, thought Johnson. Thinks he's going to scare me. Sure, you can keep, keep that old man, Johnson called out again. Let's see if you, how much laughing you do when I brush your face in. But at first, I'll let get. But first, I've got to get out that window. Be careful. He cautioned himself. This barn must be full of junk. Don't want to fall down and get hurt. Despite the heat in the barn, he shivered, licking the sweat of his upper limb. Johnson slowly picked, picked his way across the wide wooden planked barn floor, being careful not to trip. Shadows of old machinery and tools loomed around him. A leather harness that hung from the wall looked like a hangman's noose. It was a peculiar smell, too. It reminded him of a package of a chicken that once he once left in the trunk of his car on a hot summer's day. It was sticky, sweet scent of rotting meat. Oh, gross, mumbled Johnson. There's a dead animal here. In less than a minute, he had crossed the barn and was standing in the front of a boarded-up window, blocking his exits with three boards nailed haphazardly into the frame. Even the old man was too weak or too lazy to drive him all the way in, concluded Johnson, or I can probably pull him off with my bare hands. He smiled triumphantly. The first bolt was half rotten and fell apart in his hands. Light streamed as if it came away from the frame. Then he shifted his attention to the second one, the board in the middle. If he could get this one off, he could climb out. He could easily climb out, but this board could not go so easily. It was the old door, the barn dried out as tough as steel. Gripping the board with both hands, he began pulling. The nails squealed in protest, and the board started to move. Only a little bit further, Johnson grunted Johnson. The thought of frightening the old man excited him. Just a bit further, another half inch. He almost felt, felt could, he could almost feel his fingers closing around the old man's scrawny neck. 
the eyes bulging, the tongue sticking out. Another half inch. Then it stopped. Desperately, Johnson yanked at the bulb, but it was no use. It would not yield. I need more leverage, he said to himself. Balancing on one foot, he braced his, his, his other against the window frame and started pulling again. A muscles in his forearms and back bulged as he strained against the board. Sweat rolled down his forehead and his, into his eyes. Come on, he, he pleaded with the wood. Come on. In his frustration, Johnson did not hear the soft tap, tap, tap on the floor behind him. Tap, 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 like a blind man with his cane. Tap, tap, tap. Then it was too late. It struck. The force of the attack rammed him face against the wall, knocking him, knocking the wind out of him. Warm blood trickled from his nose and ran to his neck, round down his cheek. What was that? Turning around, he could see in the light of the window his attacker. He was crouched inside an empty stool along the opposite wall, the tent, legs tense, ready to spring. It was a spider, no doubt one of the old men's experiments, but this was no ordinary spider. It was huge, about the size of a pit bull, with legs extended out of three or four feet on one either side. Its eyes stole, stared coldly at him. Johnson did a quick tally of his injuries. Except for his bloody nose, he was unharmed. Perhaps the large size of the creature made it difficult for it to mend an attack. He con con conjectured. Possibly he did not even recognise its prey. Spiders normally eat moths and insects. He reminded himself, not human beings. When he was a kid, Johnson liked to throw twigs into a web just to see the spider's reaction. Invariably, after po po pouncing on the object, the spider would pluck it out of the web, turn it over and drop it on the ground. Johnson hoped the spider would s show the same lack of interest. With its vantage po point at the other s end of the barn, the creature looked, seemed puzzled. Unsure of itself, spiders are curious he told himself. It's waiting for me to make the right move. Oh, it. Although every five of his body screamed run, his brain told him stay still. The spider was too big and too fast to outrun. I need a weapon, he told himself, quickly looking for looking about. He saw a rotten board above the window lying at his feet. It was about two feet long, with a ragged, jagged lead point at one end. If I do it, slowly he went bent down, bent down to pick it up. A spider crouched low, like a splinter ready to strike again. Johnson froze, his fingers only inches from the board. Easy, girl, he whispered softly. Easy. The spider relaxed, but not completely. Deliberately, he began to move forward. Tap, tap. Tap. Johnson was amazed by the creature's grace, like a ballerina tiptoeing into the darkened wings of a theatre. It was a marvel of beauty and design, the body covered by fine grey hair, and the look of velvet, while the eight legs that extended from the forex seemed spe provided speed and balance. As it approached Johnson, the spider carefully extended one foreleg towards him. Johnson quickly knocked it away with his hand. A spider top stopped and cocked its plate-sized head to one side. The eight eyes looked like black fists. 
Then the leg came forward again at the tip. Johnson could see the spike-like claw of its for catching prey. It touched his left soldier through his jacket. He could, he could, he could, he could feel the sharp point digging into his skin. Johnson winced and stretched backwards into the wall. But there was no place to go. Slowly, the other foreleg came forward. Johnson recalled, trying to ward off the attack with his fore free hand. Oh, but the creature was too strong. It brushed him inside as if he was a piece of lint. It planted a second claw into his other shoulder. Johnson cried out, Help! Help! Then the spider reared up on its hind legs, forcing it Johnson to his knees. For this brief moment, he and the creature looked into each other's eyes. It was almost like love. When he saw the six-inch fangs that extended from the head, drops of vermin gleamed in the half-light. He watched in fascination as the cruel daggers arched forward over him. When he, then he screamed as they plunged deeply into his chest. Instantly, white-hot pain ripped through his body. Then it was gone. The spider had retreated back to the stall. Johnson knew it had only a minute or two before the poison paralysed him. This is it, he, he said to himself, my only chance. Ignoring his wounds, Johnson turned back to the window. Grabbing at the board, he yanked and pulled at the veil. Already the vimen was having an effect. His hands were numb, his arms felt like lead. Grasping for air, he threw himself at the boards again and again, but it was no use. He was beaten. Great sobs shook his body as he slumped to the floor. This can't be happening to me, he protested. It's ridiculous. Looking back at the spider, he could see that he still had not moved. Why is, what, what is she waiting for, he wondered. Why does she not finish me off? He soon had his answer, swimming like a oh, great... Uh, overcoat. It was something on the side of the spider's back. It moved and undulated like a small wave flowing back and forth. Then a piece of the wave pulled away and dropped to the floor. It was another spider, only a lot smaller, about the size of a rat. Johnson recalled that some spiders carried a young on their backs. Horrified, he realised that he had, been, had stumbled into their nursery. It was feeding time. Another one dropped to the floor, and then another. Soon there was a long line of spiders slowly crawling towards him. Through fading eyesight, he saw the one, first one reach his foot. Tentatively, his fore leg probed the air until it found his leg and patted it. It was a light and delicate like touch of a child. Johnson opened his mouth to scream, but no sound came. Out, came. The last thing Johnson saw before he lost consciousness was a spider tearing a piece of flesh from the back of his hand. Back at the farmhouse, the old man picked up the whiskey bottle from the kitchen table, poured himself another drink, and plopped into the ancient lazy boy recliner. How long did it take? Jake asked the old woman. Not long, he, he, he grunted. Been it since Sunday. Get a bit of sign, mug, old folks. Nah, sounds okay. Anyway, we we don't need a crown, said said the old man, taking a long, hard swallow. What are you can do with a car? A car? She asked, 
standing at the window, admiring the new owner's reflexes. Young Dougal needs a one for running moonshine. Would pay a great good price, too, oh, said the um, old man. Wouldn't he ask questions? Wondered the old woman, pouring a drink and easing herself down into a dusty crouch. Nah, he don't care, sniggered the old man. I'll talk to him in tomorrow. Meanwhile, pass him over. Let's see what's on Dr. Field.